Listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where three friends get together, virtually, until further notice, and talk about a horror movie. We're not professional critics. Uh, We're just friends talking about a movie. We will spoil that movie, or movies, and try not to spoil the recently watched, which we will do first. Um, So... There we have it. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. You can buy their music digitally on Amazon or Apple Music, and you can say hi to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Rays. And we three created a Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book. You can, hey. you can get this at plan9coloringbook.com. So if you go to plan9coloringbook.com, that's the number nine, not spelled out. It'll click through to Etsy, to be honest with you. So that's cool. <laughs> uh, that, that's the shopping feature on it. So uh, that, I would say, is um, housekeeping. And uh, I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. And, Hello. And Will. Hello. All right. So, guys. Uh, KaijuCon had a virtual um, convention this weekend. Oh, nice. So they had uh, they did the uh, announcement and showing off of the Gamera uh, Blu-ray box set. Oh, that's oh. really cool! Yeah, so they had the guy from uh, Arrow Films who's who put it together, and Matt Frank, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, Carl that's Young, Andy and, Frank's kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, yeah, so they they, uh, they showed off all the, you know all the books and discs and all the artwork that was in it. So uh, awesome. I think that was the first glimpse the public has had of my stuff. But uh, yeah, that was very that was very exciting. Yeah, so I did a li- really live cool. show about it today. How cool! Right. Yeah, uh, I put it out on Facebook if you want to look at it. So um, recently watched. Do you want to start it off, Jolian? Since we're already talking. Uh, Will goes from memory, so you should start it off. Oh, that's perfect, Will. <laughs> Hit it. Actually, I have the list here. Ooh. He's a pro now. Yeah. <laughs> so, this week I've watched a lot of noir. But, uh, <clears throat> I watched... Uh, let's see which one of these did I watch first. I believe I watched Woman on the Run first, which was probably the best of the four I watched. This is Anne Sheridan. Uh, this is kind of a romantic noir, if you could call it that. Uh, her husband is uh, out walking the dog one night, San Francisco. He witnesses a murder. Is it the he, fog, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course. Yeah, I've seen this one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, uh, well, the uh, the cops stop him and get his name, and he gets he runs off. He he gets the cops to flip, and he takes off. 
uh, leaving his wife to, have to uh, deal with the fallout. So you learn when the cops go talk to her that they've been married for a couple of years, and you can tell by her acting that uh, it's not going well. Uh, the flame has died. Um, he's an artist. He's pretty flighty. They've moved all over the U.S. so he can paint his masterpieces, but after a while he gets tired. So uh, They went to Taos and, I don't know, Maine and then uh, San Francisco, a couple other places. Anyway, so she has to go out. Uh, oh, uh, noir plot point. He has a heart condition he hasn't told her about, and he needs to take these pills. Uh, one a day, if he doesn't take them, his heart dies. Uh, or his heart stops, and he dies. Uh, so the cops have gone to all the pharmacies in town and have stationed a cop there waiting for him to show up for his pills so they can arrest him. Um, so she gets pills from the doctor and heads out to get him. She uh, find him. Um, and along the way, she meets all these people that he's helped out over the, top, over the years. They've been in San Francisco. And... Uh, learns all these things about him that she didn't know and relearns basically refalls in love with him as she hunts him down, uh, runs into a newspaper reporter who's helping her, uh, ends on a run or ends on a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. A lot of snappy dialogue. Um, uh, I don't remember, uh, I believe they're Chinese, but there's a Chinese, uh, of Chinese people in there who aren't stereotypes. They're just normal San Francisco people mm -hmm. who have known a restaurant. It was great. How'd that, um, how'd that happen? That's I don't know. I was I was wincing. Although they do come out dancing at the beginning because they're in the restaurant and there's a little performance going on. I don't know what the music they're playing is. It sounds like I don't know marching band music. It's not Asian, whatever it was. It was kind of, you know, Tin Pan Alley, maybe. <laughs> it was bizarre. Um, but, yeah, I, I give that one an A. Uh, then I watched uh, Railroaded. Woman on the Run was uh, lost for a long time. It was hard to find. So um, I guess somebody uh, had turned up a, a copy in the uh, mid-2000s which was then lost in a fire. Um, luckily, there was a copy in the British Film Institute, so uh, it's out on DVD, I guess. Uh, I watched it online. So. Uh, Railroad, uh, this was John Ireland, and uh, Hugh Beaumont uh, <laughs> from uh, Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, Ward Cleaver. Ward Cleaver. Yeah. yeah. He plays a cop. Um, railroaded. Uh, it's a uh, typical noir, uh, wrongly accused guys getting sent up, uh, up to his sister and Hugh Beaumont to figure out if he really committed a crime or not. It was okay. A little pedestrian, a little uh, uh, television-esque, maybe? TV movie-esque, rather than a proper film? I understand this was later uh, cut up and put on television as like an uh, hour-long or half-hour-long show. I don't know how they did it. It was half an hour because 
you know, 70 minutes, I could see cutting 10 minutes and getting an hour long show. But how do you get, you had to really cut it. Hold on. I have to go let someone in. Oh, well, at least cats don't bark. Uh, the next one I watched was City of Fear. Um, this is, I believe, at the very tail end of noir in 1959, depending on where you handle it. Um, I usually go from 44 to 60, but, um, uh, this one, uh, noir staples sort of, uh, some escaped convicts are on the run. One of them thinks he's got a container full of heroin. Unfortunately, it's a container full of cobalt 60, which is highly radioactive. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll kill you if you touch the stuff. Uh, dishandling the container is killing him pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed this one. It was good. It had some uh, pretty snappy lines. Um, Raymond Burr shows up at some point. I believe this one. I know he showed up in uh, I Love Trouble as a heavy. Uh, And then finally, what was the last one I watched? Uh, He's in a good one called The Glass Keys. They're heavier than that as well. Yeah. I guess that's all of them. I guess that's four. So, and then uh, and you I watched the... Uh, go ahead. And you couldn't do this in November, huh? Yeah. I found a bunch of them on YouTube one day, and I was just... They were titles I hadn't heard. Unfortunately, uh, with Noir, they retitle everything. Uh, I think I've watched... Uh, <laughs> Too Late for Tears under about 15 different titles. It's, uh, uh, I really like that one, but I'm tired of seeing it. It's like I clicked on one called Killer Instinct and yeah, it's opening. I'm like, oh, yeah. I believe uh, uh, City of Fear was directed by Anthony, or uh, yeah, Anthony Mann. It's a pretty good one. Hmm. Um, and then uh, that I watched this week's movie. So which one My movie for this week? Which one did you pick? Suburban Sasquatch. Oh no! <laughs> you started that last week, didn't you? Uh, I talked about it last week. Uh, okay. And I had seen like clips of it. Uh, now no. I wants out. Oh <laughs> man, cats! So do you want to talk about? his uh, Scotch movie or do recently watched of ours first? Well, yeah, let's go, let's run through our recently watched for all of us. And then we'll, then we'll okay. punch back into his Sasquatchery. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh boy. There's so much good stuff. <clears throat> I think that was, all right. was that it? Will? that was it. Jolien, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I watched a couple of noir as well. I watched um, uh, The Man I Love. Um, that's, a, that's a really good one if you like uh, Ida Lupino. Oh, yeah. Because um, she's the she's the hero of that one. She's in all of it. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's got it's got good music in it, of course. And uh, yeah, she, she goes to uh, Southern California to see her sister. 
and it's just before Christmas and uh, there's like a really shady nightclub owner who's uh, exploiting, you know, he's a kind of Epstein type character. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was a good one. And, and uh, I also watched uh, one called Storm Warning in which uh, Ginger Rogers goes to see her sister and <laughs> she lives in this uh, uh, small town on the southeast coast somewhere. Um and uh, it's really dark. I mean, just the look of it is really dark. She arrives in this small town. She gets off the bus. And um, people are really anxious to shut up shop. And she like she, she goes across the road to a diner. And there's a taxi driver sitting there. And he says, oh, yeah, there's no taxi drivers here. And everyone closes down as soon as she turns her back. And then she's walking down the street. And then it gets really dark. And... Uh, 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 you know, it's good and paranoid, all the, mm. all the shady things that are going on. Uh, but it's got Ronald Reagan in it. Uh, this is back in 1951. Um, and uh, Ginger Rogers' sister is played by Doris Day. So it's, <laughs> it's got quite a quite a starry cast. Um, yeah. That, that was a good one as well. Uh, I watched a giallo called uh, Watch Me When I Kill. Ooh, <laughs> good title. Uh, the, the Italian title translates as The Cat with Jade Eyes. Uh, I can't remember a, a cat being in it, but that's, you know, so what? Um, this Gala. is from 1977, so it's at the tail end of the, you know, it's, it's after the boom is over. Um, directed by Antonio Bido. Uh, so it's got uh, Paolo Tedesco and Corrado Pani. Um, she plays a woman, she's a dancer named Mara. Uh, and she almost witnesses a murder at the start. <laughs> Um, she doesn't realise she's almost witnessed a murder, but the murderer knows that she's almost witnessed a murder. So uh, she's getting pursued. And uh, you realise pretty early into it that the people being knocked off uh, were all on a jury that convicted this escape murderer. But that's not the that's not the twist. It keeps getting uh, twisty after that. So it's a good mystery and it's got a good um, Goblin-esque score. It's not by Goblin, but uh, it's by... Um, uh, Trans Europa Express, um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting story. It's not particularly stylishly directed, but it's uh, it looks good. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good standard jelly, uh, And I also watched that uh, documentary, uh, Satanist: The Devil's Mass. Did you watch this one? I don't think so. No, that's the one I told you it was going to be on. It's about uh, Anton Lavey. Oh, oh, okay. So they shot this documentary back in 1969. So this is like three years after. This will be year three according to his calendar, because he yeah. declared 1966 as year year zero or year one, didn't he? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So it's it's quite funny. It interviews him, and it interviews his neighbours on either side of the house where he had his lion and everything, and uh, and it interviews members of the. Uh, church and uh uh and it shows a few of the rituals they do uh the ritual is the most boring part of it it's just there's red lighting to make it look sinister but you basically got these uh very unappetizing bodies cavorting around um mm. but the uh the interviews some of the people on there are really funny um sometimes not deliberately there's a couple of mormon guys on there oh that's, that's kind of humor <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, the, the women who uh, there's this woman who's in his church, and there's this woman who's his neighbor, and they're like uh, they're pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. It doesn't expose him or anything. Doesn't go into all the you know the stuff he just the tall stories he, he used to tell, you know about dating Marilyn Monroe and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's it, it's worth watching. Um, and then I watched a whole bunch of uh, Bigfoot movies. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. All right. For my recently watched, um, and I'll just uh, I'll just kind of gloss over the uh, Bigfoot stuff. But um, let's see. I watched. Oh, real quick question. Okay, you said Storm Morning, the one with Ginger Rogers and Doris Day and Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Um, that was 1951. Did that yep. have any dancing or singing in it, considering the yep. cast? No? That's what you'd think. You'd think they'd figure no. out a way to shoehorn it in there, but they oh, didn't. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. This will shock you. If you're expecting a lighthearted movie from that cast. Well, it's not going to happen. That's cool. Um, <laughs> okay. So I watched um, an interesting one. Okay, there was a documentary on, I want to say it was on Amazon, called Vampire Skeletons. And it's about these really, <laughs> it's got two of my favorite things in it. All they did was... Vampire Skeletons? Yeah, that's like robot gorillas. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Vampire Skeletons was a uh, documentary, and I want to say it's from a few years ago, just like three years ago or something. And uh, some people found these conspiracy Conspicuously weird graves, these burials in Ireland, where they unearthed some bodies that had like large stones put in their mouths, and sometimes the bodies were wrapped around big boulders or staked to the ground. And it's like you're trying to stop them from getting up and walking around from the looks of it. It was like a really weird burial, and obviously the skeletons are from a long time ago hundreds of years ago so they don't really have any record of what the idea was but they unearthed several of them and it was interesting because there were experts talking about well what would the folklore have to say about you know what to do if you have a vampire and they went into the background of like the foolish notions of so-called medical professionals or whatever you wanted experts whatever you want to call them at the time uh people who would be like uh well let's exhume them and have a look at them Oh, well, they've gained weight. It's like, no, the corpse bloated a little bit. You you guys don't know anything, do you? Um, so that was interesting. It was about 45 minutes. Uh, and it was fun to, uh, you know, watch these people do these, uh, these digs and then go into some background. And it was pretty light on the reenactment stuff, but there was enough of it to give it a little color. But there was one I watched called The Vast of Night, and it, it's weird. It kind of reminded me of Pleasantville in a way, although it was nothing like Pleasantville. Um, this just came out and uh, like it's a 2020 movie, I guess. And it looks like it was done on a budget by some people who apparently cared about what they were doing. They, they put a lot of effort into it. The description says on, on Prime Video, um, in the twilight of the 1950s, on one fateful night in New Mexico, a young switchboard operator, Faye, and charismatic radio DJ Everett discover a strange audio frequency that could change the small town and the future forever. 
small spoiler, there's a UFO tie-in. So um, it's it's interesting. It's worth a look. Um, it's a PG-13 movie, so there's just like a little bit of language. There's nothing uh, too crazy, but it's a feature length. What language? What language? Mostly English, but uh, it's exactly 90 minutes, Will. So it's inside, yeah. it's inside the Barnes limit. And uh, so those two, let's see, I watched uh, another one that kind of felt like small budget, but lots of effort. And it was called The History of Time Travel. So they had to do a lot of stuff that, that was reenactments of stuff in like the 50s. But they also had to do some like faked uh, film footage. And uh, what it was basically explaining that somebody invented time travel and then they were talking about how there might be parallel realities and all this stuff and, and then all the different paradoxes, but it, it was interesting. I want to say that was a short one. So let me pull that up and tell you uh, the runtime on it. And it got me thinking about Einstein. And so I found a short documentary about the theory of relativity. And of course, way over my head. I don't know about you guys, but I would have to watch any Einstein-related stuff three times to really kind of start to wrap my brain around it. Um, but that one was, uh, I want to say, let's pull this up here real quick. The Einstein one, I want to say, was either on Netflix or Prime. I don't remember which. All right, History of Time Travel came out in 2014, and it is... Well, let's see. One hour, 12 minutes. So well inside the Barnes limit. Uh, the cover art, they have a uh, an astronaut, the classic shot of the astronaut with the American flag on the moon, but it's a communist flag from Soviet Russia. So, uh, yeah, that one, if you're, if you're into time travel, that one's fun. Uh, it left me wanting something a little different, but they, they had their idea and they stuck with it and it, it worked it worked for what they were doing they weren't custom tailoring the movie to my wants and needs so it doesn't matter um let's see uh other than that some sasquatch stuff and oh wait nope sorry one more anton LaVey. um <laughs> i found that there was a thing called brother buzz and i'm like what is this so i watched it and it's only 26 minutes it's a children's show from the San Francisco area in the mid sixties. And the majority of this episode is about Anton LaVey and his uh, pet lion just walking around doing their daily thing. But then they've got this really dopey voiceover for the lion. And yeah. <laughs> you got to watch this thing. The thing starts with these like honeybee puppets or marionettes. And uh, it's, it's just like, you could tell, uh, it was kind of the equivalent of uh, public access cable uh, for its day. But what was really exciting to me was other than just watching Anton LaVey, who he was only one year out from starting the uh, the Church of Satan, is that uh, he was driving a brand new uh, 65 Barracuda because he ties the lion up to the door, the door handle while he goes in the grocery store. And... Uh, Anyway, he does take the lion. <laughs> Spoilers: He takes the lion in the grocery store eventually, and uh, they, they keep crossing paths with this dorky guy, this hapless doof, and uh, scaring the hell out of him because it's a tiger. 
but it's it's a very young or I'm sorry, lion. It's a very young lion. So um, yeah, so that was you know, apparent, apparently he got his, his you know his shaved head look and his beard and stuff. Uh, that he got that off. Um, there was an episode of Wild Wild West where they had this like Mephistopheles character on it oh. who had that look uh, in, back in '66, and uh, he was played by Don Rickles. Wow. Yeah. The insult comic, Don Rickles. <laughs> Holy crap. So, uh, wow. yeah, Don, Don Rickles. He, what, what an influence. Yeah. No kidding. He influenced. Jack Kirby comics and everything. Jeez. That is really That's cool. That's right. There was a Don Rickles, Jack Kirby comic. Oh, God. Was it, was it Jimmy Olsen or something like that? He was in there. Yeah. So, yeah, but he's, he's, so he's part of the Fourth World Saga. <laughs> I'm looking him up now. Yeah, so so this uh, Knight of the Druid Blood. That's a great title. Uh, so, you guys kind of warned me not to watch Shriek of the Mutilated. Did either one of you watch Did that? I? I didn't warn you. <laughs> I think you said that's, that's probably the best one. One of the best ones I saw this week. I, th- I yeah, you would. I, I said, why not? And you said, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not really a warning. It's a little cryptic, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But you so, found out. Yeah, I did find out. Um, I got to say, sometimes you watch a bad movie and it's just unbearable. And other times it's to use a word. I just used a minute ago. Hapless. It's so hapless. <laughs> <laughs> and just such a goofy mess. Doesn't it entertain you from beginning to end? It though? does. It does. It's... Okay, listeners. Shriek of the Mutilated is a 1974 movie about a group of college students that are led by their professor into the mountains to search for the Yeti. I don't know if they ever say what mountains or where. It's um, in upstate New York. Yeah, I was going to say it looked like either Midwest or Northeast U.S. Um, but this one... Oh God! It's so it's it's delightfully bad. It, it's just so bad, and you could find it for free. I mean, you don't have to pay extra for it. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you found this and and why you know about this? Because I don't know, I would have ever run across this otherwise. I remember seeing a poster for it in books and things. Oh, and uh, it's connected to uh so it's directed by michael findlay who's very notorious in like real grindhouse exploitation stuff do you know these people um i don't know that name rings a bell and i don't know why all right i have a book here incredibly strange films i should read to you about the finlays michael and roberta finlay the most notorious filmmakers in the annals of sexploitation filmmaking How's about that for an opener? Yeah. Husband, right. and, husband and wife team of Michael and Roberta Finlay. Um, so she started out as uh, the lead actor and then she took over more technical duties and um, she carried on as a director afterwards. Um, one of the earliest films was called Satan's Bed, starring a young Yoko Ono. Really? Uh, the most notorious work in the 60s was the Flesh Trilogy. The Touch of Her Flesh, The Curse of Her Flesh, and The Kiss of Her Flesh. I've not seen any of those. Uh, they 
chronicle of the exploits of an evil misogynist named Richard Jennings. Uh, in touch of her flesh, he kills a woman with a poison rose. In kiss of her flesh, uh, he electrocutes someone with uh, uh, electrical earrings. And in the cur- curse of her flesh, he kills someone with a poison cat. <laughs> poison cat. Wow. Uh, in a thousand pleasures, a man is suffocated by a woman's breast. And of course, in Shriek of the Mutilated, you get that awesome toaster scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the most notorious film these this couple did was called Snuff. Uh, you oh, don't okay. hear much about it now, but this was like uh, big news back in the seventies. Uh huh. You heard of that one, Richard? Um, only because I brought it up on screen. It it just says okay. nineteen seventy five, and uh-huh. and uh, the poster is a a pencil drawing of a woman that's been cut up by a pencil drawing of scissors, and there's red blood on it. Yeah, and the tagline is uh, "Made in South America, where life is cheap." Oh, wow! Um, so what happened was they, uh, I think, in nineteen seventy-one, they they shot a cheap film in Argentina. This film was done so cheaply they did it without any sound, so that they could redub it when they're back in the states. However, they uh, when they got back to the states, the people they showed it to said, "This is just so bad, we're not going to release it." You can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then they read this article in the New York Times about the possible existence of snuff movies um, which are films where people are deliberately murdered on camera for the film right um, nothing like that has ever turned up although you know every 10 years the tabloids will do a story about them um, it's like poison Halloween so, candy right like yeah um, so, uh, what they did was they filmed, uh, a, a tag on ending where, uh, the idea is the actress from the, uh, the fictional film is, uh, killed on camera. And then, uh, then they've got these posters hinting, uh, what this film is about. And this played in, in New York. It was a big hit, you know, as far as exploitation films go. Um, but uh, shortly after that, uh, he was also Michael Finlow is also uh, he developed this uh, portable 3D camera, uh, which uh, I think they use some of the technology for the uh, Warhol Frankenstein film. Oh wow! Um, anyway, he was going to take this off to Europe and show it around, and uh, but while he was waiting for the helicopter to pick him up from the top of the Trans Am building, it crashed. And uh, he was decapitated, but uh, she she survived and carried on making films. Wow. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, that's the story of the Finlays. But um, uh, Streak of the Mutilated was written by the uh, the guys who'd written uh, another classic called uh, Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Don't know that one at all. Uh, that's a that's a movie about druids who are like siphoning off blood to feed their queen. Um, you can see that online for free too, if you so care. Mm, maybe um, <laughs> after seeing this yeah, thing, <laughs> a pair of writers called Ed Adlam and Ed Kelleher. Uh, I think Ed, Ed Adlam had used to write for Cream magazine back in the sixties. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So 
than they did Shriek the Mutilated, which the writers regarded as the more intellectual film. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I can see that. That's all about comparison, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the uh, guy playing Dr. Carl Werner, the uh, guy with the uh, ponytail and all that. Yeah. Uh, they brought Torn Ellis, who was in Catwomen of the Moon. Okay. Uh, and the music you keep hearing in this film is um, the Symphonie Fantastique by uh, Hector Berlioz, which features the Dies Irae film, which you remember from The Shining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was so surprising when all of a sudden those low notes came in. I went, yeah. no way. Yeah. Symphony Fantastique is basically about this opium addict who uh, wigs out and starts seeing witches' Sabbaths and stuff like that. Um, that was written back in 1830. Uh, but then the other famous tune, did you watch this film as well, Will? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, a long time ago. I'm okay. Long time ago. Remember, there's, a, there's, there's a party scene at the campus, and there's this tune playing called Popcorn. Oh, yeah, by uh, Hot Butter or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Hot Butter was a guy named Stan Free, and he'd been in this uh, uh, group called the First Mugu Quartet. And... Uh, uh, the first Moog Quartet was formed by uh, Gershon Kingsley, who was a composer who who brought one of the early Moogs, uh, Moogs, I mean, back in the, back in the 60s. And uh, uh, so uh, th this tune has been covered by loads of people because it was like uh, a landmark. It was, you know, one of the earliest electronic pop hits. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the other famous tune from this. Uh, this movie. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Previously used in a uh, Turkish film called Deathless Devil. <laughs> Real quick question. Was there a gay subtext to this movie? <laughs> and, and I don't mean to be blunt about that or sound homophobic, but was the professor, were th I mean, were they trying to make you wonder when the professor takes the student to dinner and then he meets up with his friend who's kind of poncy and it's like... Yeah, those two doctors read as gay to me. Yeah, and and I have to wonder, like, did they do that on purpose, or is that just how the actors came across? Hmm. Yeah, it didn't didn't seem to have much to do with the uh, plot, so I didn't think about it much. But yeah, those yeah. two doctors seemed, and and then they have that um, the uh, semi-naked uh, laughing crow working for them as well. Yeah, that manservant, yeah, he seemed to be brain damaged or whatever. Um, yeah, they, they say that he's had his tongue cut out, but he gets the last line. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Um, let me see, can I... He was played by Morton Jacobs. Was there a shortage of Native American people for a while in the 70s? In New York. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the another one that uh, I watched, which was the 1976 Sasquatch, had a guy who was uh, who was not Native American whatsoever, but was playing one. And did you like that one? Um, I actually kind of did. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to talk about that a little bit before we? Sure. Yeah, I think that's one of the better uh, 70s Sasquatch movies. Okay. So Sasquatch, the legend of Bigfoot is one of the ways it's tagged or subtitled or whatever. 
<clears throat> and this one, there's another one with essentially the same title, but it's a pseudo-documentary is how it's explained uh, on its on the Wikipedia page. But essentially what you've got is a very... Um, a very well-populated uh, expedition. There's like, I don't know, a dozen guys going to, uh, they're led by this old kooky trapper and they're going to go like over several mountain ranges to, to go to where the Sasquatch supposedly dwells. And in doing so, um, they, they take a lot of time and go through some trials and tribulations. And it's all on horseback and they've got a kooky, camp cook and a lot of uh nature footage is spliced in and it turns out that the production company probably owned all of that nature footage but it's like oh look at those raccoons getting into our stuff <laughs> here comes a badger you know and uh it felt to me like okay if you started this thing in june and it's getting to be fall by the time you get where you're going and you have your incident well winter's not far away it looks like they better get heading back Oh, really? Well, it looks like they better call up that helicopter and uh, have it get them out of there because it's gonna, if it's going to take them three months to get back, they're going to die in the snow. <laughs> so that, that was like the big flaw that was standing out to me. It's like it would have been just as effective to say this trip is going to take them two weeks. You know, that would make make two weeks sound like a lot. Don't make us, you know, think it's three months. And uh, it's supposed to be uh, way up in British Columbia or someplace, but it's actually filmed in Oregon. Uh, but um, yeah, they're they're on a uh, uh, a uh, Patterson Gimlin type expedition, but rather than taking a few days or a couple weeks, it's months long, and they finally get where they're going, and uh, they have an incident. I don't know if they got more than uh, a footprint. I don't know that they supposedly got any. Um, well, the footage is supposed to be their footage as well, isn't it? I think. <laughs> so yeah, they, they got footage. It's like, I think it kind of switches back and forth between, you know, omniscient view and, and documentary view. But, uh, yeah, this one is, um, from, uh, early 1976 and it looks like it. Everybody looks like a bunch of seventies dudes. And, uh, you've got, uh, Oh, what was that dude's name? Um, Joel Morello is Tecna Blackhawk is his, his name, which not, not super believable. It's just a, a white guy with a, a wig and a headband. So there's that. Um, anyway, uh, so we had that. Um, I kind of just enjoyed watching the thing. Like they, they're, technology of the day their high-tech thing they did was to string a bunch of wires like these uh, uh these circles of wire around their camp that had little sensors on them and it was all plugged into this board and if uh bigfoot broke a, a tiny wire then they would know where he entered so this little electrical sensor array that they came up with uh tipped them off but it, it didn't help them at all they they got attacked I think it killed one of the guys too. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember. I mean, this was only like three nights ago, but I already forgot. <laughs> Does it kill one of the dudes? Um, but it destroys all their equipment, so they don't get to do it again. So that was kind of cool. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it could have been made believable. 
I gotta say, like if they if they had the benefit of other stuff like this, that was like faux documentary. I think if they had the benefit of seeing a half dozen movies that had done this, they would have known some do's and don'ts, and they could have made it pretty believable. But the costume stopped it from being believable. Um, for me, anyway. I mean, you, you didn't get a whole lot of straight-on views, but even fleeting glimpses. Man, if, if you yeah, don't... Yeah, um, watching a Bigfoot movie made me realize uh, it suffers a lot of problems that the uh, werewolf movie suffers in that you have to have a believable-looking Bigfoot costume, which is difficult on a cheap, cheap budget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which seldom works. Yeah. Poor lighting, people. Poor lighting. Yeah. Your friend. <laughs> it, is, it is all about the lighting, isn't it? Yeah, and the writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to remember. It rhymes. Writing and lighting. Um, did you guys have any other uh, exciting Bigfoots that you watched? Yeah, Suburban Sasquatch. Tell us. It's on Prime. Tell us about it. 2004. Uh, a real chore to be that true. It's a little too long. I think it's 111 minutes. But, uh, wow. The director says that it was done for a laugh i always wonder you know i generally prefer a bad movie to be genuinely bad and they weren't trying to be funny but this is so bad you wonder did they come up with that excuse after the fact you know that the movie was so terrible they were like oh we were joking you know it's it's for a laugh uh bigfoot looks like he's made out of an old rug and cardboard. <laughs> he has prominent breasts with perfectly centered nipples. Uh, he's got these big giant feet uh, um, which they gingerly set down on an already made footprint and then pull back so it's, you know, it's made this big footprint. But the thing may, looks like it's, I don't know, a balloon covered in fur? the way they set it down so lightly on the ground and pull it back up, it, it's like they're afraid it's going to break. One scene, Bigfoot is chasing a kid, and you can tell the guy has forgotten the Bigfoot shoes he's supposed to wear, the big slippers, because you can see the bottom cuff of his pants and his little, uh, I guess, just black loafers. <laughs> um... There is a Native American woman, not played by a native. Well, uh, that's zero for three. Yeah, she wears a Pocahontas costume at the beginning. Oh, God. And talks to her grandfather, who I don't believe was Native American either. Um, and she's hunting Bigfoot. They put in computer-generated arrows. Uh, for her to shoot at Bigfoot, and when Bigfoot gets shot, he pulls out the arrow, and a giant stream of computer-generated blood comes squirting out. Oh. Sometimes it makes the appropriate sound effect. Other times, it's another sound effect from a different part of the movie, such as gurgling or growling. Um, wow. Just, just go try to sit through this. 
Vecchio's <laughs> can't make it five minutes. <laughs> Sounds about right. You know, I I got through, you know, uh, the whole thing. I sat through the whole thing, although I'm a little fuzzy on what happened to Bigfoot at the end. Were you drinking? Uh, no, I just got kind of bored. My mind wandered, <laughs> and then right. I realized, oh, it's almost over. And then I like, where'd Bigfoot go? So I suppose they killed him at some point, and it was so uneventful, I it didn't register. You, you just you just forgot. Yeah. Well, that's the mark of a really good movie, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. It's shot on video, uh. digital video, which you all know I love the look of. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of shitty film quality, I have to ask you guys uh, two questions. Um, I think I know the answer to one of them. Uh, do you believe at all that there's a possibility of a Bigfoot Sasquatch, this cryptid, whatever it might be, a missing link in evolution or an ape that, that we've lost track of over history. Like the coelacanth is a fish that they thought was extinct for a couple million years. And some fishermen caught one. Uh, what do you think? What's your honest opinion about the possibility? Not what, people have filmed or not filmed or photographed but is it possible it's out there i think we would have seen one by now so i guess maybe we have well yeah <laughs> they just don't seem believable <laughs> right jolien what about you um well this is like there's a tiny possibility because uh, there were actually creatures like this that they have got records of the uh, Gigantopithecus exactly um, which they only discovered remains of like 100 years ago um, so you know as, as far as cryptids go is is in the realms of possibility uh, I I hope it doesn't exist because if people ever have proof that they're out there there's going to be hunters piling into that those forests and you know yeah they'd be dead or in cages i believe pretty, it's illegal to quick. kill a bigfoot in washington is it yeah they did yeah. they did some work on getting legislation for this uh saying basically had, if it does exist you can't kill it they had solved all other problems in the state <laughs> Man. and gotten to cryptid protection yeah um if you ever look at the vastness of the forest in the U.S. and Canada, and of course other countries have vast wilderness, but if you look at how dense and vast our forests are, I'm yeah. going to say anything is possible. I mean, the aliens could have a, a whole city set up somewhere and we would never know it, you know? So I'm going to say I'm... I'm With the big feet? I'm going to say that uh, whether they're in cahoots with the aliens or not, um, it's possible that, that these creatures exist. I don't doubt it. Now, I did not, and for listeners who, who may have heard this already, I apologize, but I met Bob Gimlin of the famous Patterson-Gimlin film, and he's like 88 years old. Um, I didn't ask him because he's a tough little cowboy i didn't want him to take a swing at me and he's really sweet he's very funny and nice but uh 
it's like, oh, man, I don't want to ask him and insult him because I think he's on record as saying, no, everything's legit. And other people are like, I was the guy in the suit and uh, Patterson was a charlatan or whatever. But Gimlin himself, he says it was legit. That's everything I've found so far. And uh, I've met him and uh, talked with him for a little bit. He, uh, he was nice enough to sign some of my uh, Chewbacca as Bigfoot art prints that I had made. He thought it was so funny, so uh, he signed a bunch, and then I gave him one. Uh, so my point is that's two degrees of separation from Bigfoot for you guys. Yay. Hey! <laughs> you could cut Kevin Bacon out of it completely. You don't even need him. It's just me, Bob Gimlin, Bigfoot. Right yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I believe it's totally possible. And, and I, and it got me thinking about some stuff I've heard on other podcasts where people were talking about, like, um, they just generically refer to them as pterosaurs, but, uh, pteranodons or pterodactyls or whatever it is people think they've seen. Um, people have seen prehistoric looking birds and either they can't identify a bird and hallucinated the fact that the wings looked leathery and bat-like or, something but what if what if man that would be so cool <laughs> uh, like we can ride on them i think that would make it all worth it but that's the that's the other prehistoric thing that battle and everything you know oh that's a, that's a good cowboy movie right there i mean if you if you wanted to do some some cool like uh the aliens versus cowboys movie if you want to do a cool version of that you know, cow, cowboys and dinosaurs. Uh, I mentioned that movie a couple weeks ago when Jolene was talking about a book cover he was doing. And both of us had seen that movie and neither of us could remember anything about it. No, I think it has someone you don't expect to be in it. Um, Daniel Craig in it. Yeah, that, that's what it was. It's like a, you got a James Bond in this thing. <laughs> He's fighting aliens yeah. with a six shooter. That's crazy. Well, uh, uh, Emily had uh, Tomb Raider on the other the other day, and he's in that. Mm. I, I had no conscious memory of what happens in that movie either. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. So many mind eraser movies, right? <laughs> it's like if someone if someone put a gun to your head and said, "All right, tell me the." the whole plot of Tomb Raider or I'm going to blow your brains out it's like well, uh, movies like that are actively trying to make you switch your brain off that's exactly yeah. why it, that's why that's that way I guess um, did either of you watch any documentary stuff at all like not pseudo documentary but no I saw one that was specifically about UFOs and Bigfoot uh, that's online yeah I uh, thought, thought you might check that one out but I didn't watch it myself yeah, it, it links the two together. It's like a, the Reese's peanut butter cup of the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> two great tastes that taste great together. Uh, yeah, I need to watch that one. I, I watched some of the ones where people go out on expeditions. And, you know, what? usually it's a weekend thing or a week-long thing. Uh, one of the guys is more Get dedicated. Drunk in the woods. You know, it's... As far as I'm concerned, as long as you're safe from bears and badgers, getting drunk in the woods. Pterodon. <laughs> yeah. All your pterosaurs. Um, hey, man. Drinking and pterosaurs don't mix. They don't. <laughs> you get your eyes pecked out that way. Oof. But, uh, yeah, I watched um, three parts of 
Expedition Sasquatch, which is not to be confused with Expedition Bigfoot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They are two very different things. They're rival gangs. Yeah. 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 With their own dancers. Yeah. I would hope. Um, But uh, but the guy who uh, who put this together is he's a like a Canadian firefighter or former firefighter, and he's very experienced in the woods. And he's pretty sure there's stuff out there. And he is honest with you and says, I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen a lot of interesting evidence and talked to a lot of people. Uh, So that was kind of cool. And then I watched Bigfoot Girl. And it's about this uh, young woman who uh, had some sort of an experience when she was like six. Uh, I think I read that R. Crumb comment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. White Man Meets Bigfoot or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. (laughs) That's a great one. Well, this one I believe is, I believe their their expedition is in Canada, and they've got this uh, uh, this First Nations guy. I forget what tribe he was from, but uh, he basically says, "Yeah, I've got I've got my canoe business here, and uh, I've had you know the rock throwing incidents, and I've seen them, and uh, this is a good spot for it." and uh, he he firmly believes they're real and says he has seen them and uh, can even tell you what sounds they make. So they, of course, went on their, their outing and didn't see or, or, well, they heard some things, but they didn't see anything. So uh, she's someone who's had an experience and then she's trying to reinvestigate it. Yes, basically. And, and so she takes a ferry boat to a place and then they have to drive to another location. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically her just kind of chasing down that, you know, chasing the dragon, you know, trying to get that buzz again. Chasing the Bigfoot. Yep. And uh, it was cool. I mean, it, it, you expect the payoff or lack thereof that you get with any of these documentaries where there's a lot of maybes and what ifs at the end. Um, and that's cool. Uh, they, they gave you what they got. And... I'd rather they do that than fake it like a lot of those ghost hunter shows. Bro, did you feel that? It's totally cold right here. <laughs> and then, you know. Get out the fridge, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yelling at, yelling at ghosts and, you know, telling them to come at you, bro. That's <laughs> that's stupid. I'd rather you it's very just... De- very Dickensian. Yeah. Just just go go into the hotel not find anything and tell us you not found anything. That's okay. Or you felt weird, but don't try and fool us. It just doesn't, it's not nice. Um, <clears throat> there's a, um, a, there's a uh, website I found called forces of that talks about the, uh, the Sasquatch movies of the seventies, Sasquatch in the seventies, a Bigfoot movies primer or primer. If you prefer, so 1970 had Bigfoot. Yep. Okay. Um, With John Carradine. That's, yep. prime. that's the Carradine one that I, I did not end up watching, which I wanted to and probably still will. Yeah, it, that, that's the first. So uh, it's important that way. Yeah. And then Legend of Boggy Creek. Yep. Classic. 1972. Um, I met the filmmaker's uh, daughter at uh, the same convention where I met Bob Gimlin. And uh, it was interesting to talk to them about it. They, they say it's hundred percent legit that this monster lives there. Um, Bigfoot so man. Those, or, go ahead. Those are like, uh, they're called skunk apes or something when they're yeah. in a swamp. 
Yeah. In Arkansas. Is that right? Yeah. And you got two different stories. One of them says, yeah, of course it smells, but that's not why we call it that. It's because there's some dark fur and some light fur, kind of like on a skunk. And other, oh. pe- other people are like, no, they just smell really bad like a skunk. So That's what I'd always heard. Yeah. So I don't know they who to believe. Really some of column A, some of column B. <laughs> um, Bigfoot man or beast, a.k.a. Bigfoot man or beast. That's the same thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Bigfoot is one word or two words. AKA too late for tears. AKA killer instinct. <laughs> right. This one's 1975. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, mysterious monsters from 1976. The legend of Bigfoot, which is not the same one as we talked about. Um, that was a 76. Also 76 was a big year for evil Knievel and Bigfoot. Um, right? <laughs> I think the six million dollar man episode was that year as well. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere around there. That catapulted it. Um, Creature from Black Lake, which I was going to watch, but uh, I had trouble finding it. Uh, Nineteen seventy six. Also. Um, yeah. Where did I see that? Anyway. Yeah, they say it's. I a, think that's in the maybe in that box set. Okay. Ah. Yeah, I not, believe not. I've seen that one too. It yeah. sounds very familiar, that title. They say it's more of a buddy movie than a Bigfoot movie. We follow two college mm. students from the North investigating Bigfoot in the South. Uh, we get the longing for wilderness, but the emphasis shift toward country people rather than country animals. The sincerity and simplicity of country life, small towns, and lazy days. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's a... Sounds like the 70s overall. Yeah. Yeah, you got that easy listening music. Um, Curse of Bigfoot, 1976, Sasquatch, The Legend of Bigfoot, 1977, which was the one I talked about with the three-month expedition that's going to certainly get them killed because they get Donner partied on the way back. Snow Beast, which we've watched and talked about on the show, 1977. Man Beast, Myth or Monster, 1978. And uh, Capture of Bigfoot, that's got an awesome poster. Very heroic Bigfoot pose snowmobile coming after him and he's killing another dude from a snowmobile um 1979 the capture of bigfoot uh screams of a winter night night of the demon was 1980 and that kind of yeah uh, that's good yeah uh yeah it's also uh, listed as 1979 sometimes yeah that's weird um maybe filmed and released were two different stories yeah it depends on how they count the year of a film, you know, year of production, year of release, year of copywriting, you know, it can yeah. be, yeah, can be quite a difference. So that for our listeners, there's a whole list of them. If you want to get seventies, Bigfoot. Yeah. There's a bunch on prime. Ooh, boy. At least I, I've seen most of these. Sasquatch. I've seen most of the seventies Bigfoot. So I don't think I've seen capture of Bigfoot. Hmm. Um, so what I, what I did uh, this weekend was uh, try try out some of the ones from the last twenty years. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, it's not good. No, I and mean, it's not a high bar to begin with, but um, yeah, it suffers from the same problem as werewolves. It's like you guys, good costume, and then like Will said, lighting and writing. <laughs> <laughs> what a, yeah, I mean, I've tried to watch one from. Uh, 
maybe 10, 15 years ago. Called, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it had Lance Henriksen in it. And it he's in, he's so in at least three of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had to turn it off. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, he's in, he's in uh, yeah, Demon from the Mountain and uh, Abominable. Yeah, he's in at least three of these things. Jeez, yeah. Maybe he's a real Bigfoot enthusiast. <laughs> so if, if we were to narrow it down for our listeners. A Bigfoot fetishist. <laughs> Bigfoot fetish. <laughs> so he's like Quentin Tarantino of Sasquatch movies. <laughs> exactly. Show the feet. Show the feet. <laughs> Make sure they're good and dirty. Um, if you guys were to recommend to our listeners just to narrow it down to like, you know, pick a couple of them and, and say, if for no other reason than to be entertained, I mean, what do you say? What, what should they watch? Uh, suburban Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just yes, mean. Stick with, stick with the 70s. Yeah. It was no Lost, lost Empire, but uh, ooh, it's got to be seen. So, do we agree that Shriek of the Mutilated is just so delightfully bad, and the costume yeah. is horrible? Uh, Did it remind you of a Scooby Doo? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, it was. It Absolutely. was. It was. It was definitely a Scooby Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so that's yeah. the best title. You got to go by title alone. Go for Shriek of the Mutilated. Right. Yeah, and then what was that other one I just mentioned that was up in the ski resort? Uh, Capture Bigfoot. Oh, uh, Snow Beast. Snow that's Beast. the TV movie one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's more of a more of a Yeti. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it really is. But I mean, generally... but Shriek of the Mutilated they say is Yeti, but you know they're just up in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a white like... costume, but yeah, it's white costume in leafy forest. Yeah, and the toaster killing in the in the bathtub scene is was worth. The price, yeah, of, the price of admission right there. So shall I run through some of the recent ones I tried? Yes, yeah. please. Okay, I'll do these now for alphabetical order. Uh, Bigfoot 2012. This is uh, an Asylum sci-fi channel movie. Uh, I vowed never to waste my time watching any more of these, but I gave it 10 minutes. Uh, this one's got uh, Danny Bonaducci from the uh, Partridge Ooh. family. He's a DJ. Ouch. He's organizing this 80s music festival in South Dakota. And he's opposed by uh, an environmentalist played by Barry Williams, who was in The Brady Bunch. <laughs> and uh, Sherilyn Fenn is the local sheriff. Uh, uh, the Bigfoot is a CG atrocity. Oh. Uh, Alice Cooper turns up in it, apparently, playing himself. But, you know, I checked out after 10 minutes. Uh, in 2017, Bigfoot Country. Um, this is the third of these movies I tried. And by this time, I thought, hey, the photography's pretty decent, the music's okay, the credits, uh, you know, they've put some thought into designing them. Uh, so I made it all of 20 minutes in. Um, there's some really poorly faked found footage video, you know, where they, they've, they've obviously shot it on digital, but then they've put in these, like, uh, marks to make it look like Scratches it's a, and everything. Yeah, but it's, like, pretty bad. And then it cuts to the the present day and there's a there's a car full of 20 somethings and they're driving along and it's the worst rear projection it's, it can't be it must be some sort of green screen sort of thing but it's just terrible it's like uh hitchcock would have been embarrassed 
but they're uh, so they 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 drive up into this forest and start going hiking, and uh, so at this point I was pretty bored. Um, but their Trans Am has a sweet pinstripe paint job on it. If you're into <laughs> looking at those sorts of things, yeah. Uh, I realised that I was looking at the the Trans Am more than I was paying attention to them. So <laughs> yeah, time to check out that one. Uh, Bigfoot versus Zombies from 2016. Um, this was just. Oh, uh, it, it just looked terrible. Um, but this is directed by Mark Polonia, who's directed a whole bunch of mockbusters. Uh, he also did Frozen Sasquatch from 2018. Um, Bigfoot's World Weekend 2012. Uh, this is like a softcore. Uh, it just looked horrible. Uh, I doubt I made it 10 minutes into that one. Okay, then I watched, uh, I actually made it through a couple. Uh, Claude, the legend of Sasquatch, uh, from 2005. Uh, this was directed by Cole Kozak. It's also known as The Unknown. Uh, it's filmed up in Washington State. Um, uh, this stars uh, Miles O'Keefe. Oh! He played Tarzan back in 81. And he was Ator, the fighting eagle. Yes, Ator. Ator. Or Ator, uh, I don't know how it's pronounced. I, I think they, it was one of those where they switch back and forth in the movie. Even. <laughs> uh, also, has got uh, Chelsea Hobbs, Casey LeBeau, who is in the Twilight series, uh, Brandon Henshaw, who's this, uh, he does a lot of uh, dance videos. Uh, you know, he's, he's worked with a whole bunch of people like the Jacksons. Um, this one's uh, it's by the numbers, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's uh, decently shot. Um, group of high schoolers and a group of incels go up in the mountains hunting Bigfoot. Um, in this case, the Bigfoot is Takuhe, which is the Bigfoot of South Dakota. Hmm. Um, he's this creature who's supposed to be at least 10 feet tall. Uh, he's often dresses in a stovepipe hat and, uh, and a long coat. So he kind of looks like Weir Lincoln. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't attack people directly, but he mutilates animals and drags them around. Uh, but what, what he's known for doing is like sneaking into places like Pine Ridge and whispering to teenagers oh. who are depressed until they commit suicide. So he's just, wow. just a dick. Yeah. Uh, he's also known as Walking Sam. Uh, and there was a movie in 2017 actually called Takahe. Uh, I think it means something like tall man. Uh, and then I watched uh, one from last year called Hoax, uh, directed by Matt Allen. And this was filmed around here. In fact, I think I saw them filming it across the street from me. Um, <laughs> I asked them what they were doing, and they said they are working on uh, some kind of uh, Bigfoot movie set in Colorado mountains. Ah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, they've been working on it for a few years then. Uh, just came out on, you know, uh, it's, it's online now. Uh, this is mostly filmed around Hinsdale County in the southwest, I think, okay. of Colorado. So it starts out with a bunch of rutting campers, and they'll get slaughtered, and uh, and then but they've left behind their camera, and there's something that you can glimpse on the footage. So this uh, uh, reality TV producer assembles a team to track down. Uh, what was glimpsed in the footage so one of them is a primate expert one of them's uh his uh, his daughter is one of the victims uh there's this uh, big marine guy he brings along for security 
there's a cryptozoologist. Um, you know, so he's got he's got his team of half a dozen people. There's this ditzy reporter who who goes along hiking into the mountains in completely the wrong clothing. Um, uh, this has got a Alan Howarth score. Uh, Adrian Barbeau turns up in an early scene. Uh, there's several Carpenter references in the names and the dialogue. Uh, there's even a song that was in the Christine movie. I'm hearing wild Bigfoot. animals. Yeah. Cryptids. Um, yeah. I, I, I would wish for a Bigfoot sometimes. Because the way the tiny feet, little foot, the little the yeah, the little feet really don't behave very well sometimes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Anyway, um, so this has got a song from Christine. Uh, there's several callbacks to Halloween. Uh, there's dialogue lifted out of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Predator. Uh, there's a scene towards the end which is straight out of Wrong Turn Four. Um, uh-huh. Several cast members that were in genre TV and movies like. Uh, the Marine is played by Brian Thompson, who is in Cobra and the X-Files. Wow. Uh, he's the kind of uh, Schwarzenegger-looking dude who was in the X-Files for a, a few yeah. episodes. Um, uh, a dog dies, the black guy dies. Um, so this is another movie which referenced his older films, uh, dishes up some boobs and blood, and, and pretty much leaves it at that, coasts on that. Uh, but they, they you know, there's, there's some good actors in it. Uh, they have good photography. Uh, the you know the landscape's beautiful. Uh, they did an impressive job of doing all the night shoots. Um, they use at least one helicopter. Um, so yeah, I, I made it through that one. All right. <laughs> that, that was my that was my trawl through recent Bigfoots, and it's it's uh, a pretty sorry sight for the most part. It should be more satisfying, but somehow it is not. That's should have that... watched uh, Bobcat and Goldflake. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah Will- Willow Creek. Willow Creek Willow is good. Creek. So, um, yeah, Bobcat's movie, um, Willow Creek, from 2013, uh, stars uh, Bryce Johnson and uh, Alexi Gilmore. Um, Bryce Johnson has a podcast called Bigfoot Collectors Club. And it's a, just a paranormal podcast with some friends, and uh, it's just fun and funny. They just have a good time, and they have good guests. So if you want, to, if you want to check it out, it's it's good. Yeah, I was looking for you know that Bigfoot Country film. I was I started watching. Uh, there's an actual radio station called Bigfoot Country out of Pennsylvania, uh, which has been running since the fifties. Wow. Um, yeah, there's it's a country music station. That's crazy. Uh, so as far as legit films go, yeah. Willow Creek. I don't remember if exists was very good. I would have to rewatch that one. I don't re- Yeah. I don't remember if it, it didn't stand out. Really liking that one. Yeah, yeah. It's a found footage one. Yeah. That, that, it probably it's from wasn't. the, uh, Blair Witch guys. Oh, okay. That's why. Um, but I would say, yeah, Willow Creek, if you want to watch a serious one and shriek of the mutilated, if you want to watch something so bad, it's good. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of where I land on the whole thing and the documentary stuff. Well, on the trail of Bigfoot, uh, that's some good stuff, but, uh, it went behind a paywall, so I couldn't rewatch any of it. Uh, or or I guess I was too cheap to rewatch it. I don't know. However you want to look at that. Um, 
any other thoughts on Bigfoots before we wrap up? think so no all right no well i think our thoughts and opinions were pretty clear and our listeners we saved you some hunting not hunting bigfoot but hunting good content so (laughs) so there's that um so jolian what did you have in mind for next week or did you um well inspired by uh anton levey my lord and master uh i (laughs) I thought, uh, and since Will's into cult movies, uh, shall we do Devil's Reign? Yeah, sure. yeah, let's do I it. I think it's on Amazon. Let's do okay. it. Let's do it. Or, or some cast. Yeah. Cool. All right. Look up Don Rickles as uh, whatever his name was in the Wild Wild West. It's pretty funny. Okay. I'll have to check it out. And I guess uh, a. a uh, sort of a uh, closing thought was never put a car in your movie that's better than the movie it's in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on that note, hey listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the more.